Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Carmel. We talk all things sports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest news coming out of college football yesterday was that Clemson quarterback, Clemson's senior quarterback, Kelly Bryant, was announcing that he is going to transfer. Now, before I get into the five teams I read in an article that would best fit Kelly Bryant, I just want to go over a little bit of his career numbers In the 18 games he played with Clemson. In his career at Clemson, he threw for 16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And considering the fact that was only in 18 games, I guess you could say that's not too bad, but that's not really good either. His best year was the the year in which he took over for Deshaun Watson. In 2017, because remember, Deshaun Watson's final year was in 2016. And for Kelly Bryant to take over for a the Deshaun Watson heir in Clipson, he threw for 2,802 yards. He threw for 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He completed 262 passes out of 398. And... Let me remind you, he did that in a span of 14 games, which you look at that, those numbers right there, that still isn't good enough. So looking at a guy like Kelly Bryant, and the five teams I saw that were on this article yesterday, it was Old Miss, Syracuse, Penn State, Florida Atlantic, and North Carolina State. And if I had to choose, ladies and gentlemen, from reading out those five teams, if I had to choose out of any of those five teams, which he could potentially choose from, I would have to say Penn State. Now, granted, it's probably not going to do him any good, but I would have to choose Penn State. But you look at the way Trace McSorley is playing for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Trace McSorley is, in my mind, a a Heisman person to talk about. He's in the Heisman running. Now, he obviously has not done anything compared to what some of these other quarterbacks have done. But to me, that might make the most sense for Kelly Bryant is to go to Penn State. I I, I just... I. Obviously, it's up to him where he wants to choose to transfer because you obviously know that Kelly Bryant still wants to play. Now, I do not believe that Kelly Bryant is an NFL caliber quarterback. You the, Looking at his size, Kelly Bryant is, he, he really does seem like he's a really skinny, skinny man. And that kind of concerns me with these quarterbacks because I think as an NFL quarterback, for guys who are making the transition from college into the NFL, you have to bulk up quite a bit because those defensive linemen, those interior defensive linemen, those outside linebackers, those middle linebackers, if they hit you good enough, 
it's going to hurt you. And that's what kind of scares me about Florida State's quarterback, DeAndre Francois, as skinny as that man is. But I honestly think this was a move that I actually, I did not even see this coming. When I heard about Clemson signing or Clemson picking up one of the nation's top-ranked quarterbacks and Trevor Lawrence, and, and speaking of Trevor Lawrence, I don't know about you guys, but Trevor Lawrence reminds me of that quarterback from Remember the Titans, that old movie from 2001. He reminds me of that quarterback, the long, bleach blonde hair. They called him Sunshine. Trevor Lawrence looks like him. It might not look like him to you guys, but he looks like that guy, that quarterback from Remember the Titans, the long, bleach blonde hair. Or as they like to call him, Sunshine. And I really do wish the best for Trevor Lawrence. I really do. I really wish him the best going forward in his career. Because obviously, you know, anyone that plays for Dabo Sweeney, you are guaranteed at least a couple of players that are going to go into the NFL and have a successful career. And Trevor Lawrence looks like he wants to be one of those guys. He has the arm talent. He has it all. He has the ability. But I, it makes me wonder if Trevor Lawrence has the body for the NFL, if that's where Trevor Lawrence wants to end up playing one day is in the NFL. But it really, you know, all in all, Kelly Bryant, I, I really do. I wish him the best in wherever he chooses to transfer. And, and the main reason why he chose to transfer was because of the demotion he had at quarterback. Now, granted... May I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Bryant was still starting, and if I don't, if and if I, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he has started almost every single game this season. He he had, he went in as the starter, but he did not finish the game because him and Trevor Lawrence both came into the games, and even if I took that as a demotion. I would have still looked at it as I still have a pretty good chance of playing in the game. I still have a pretty good chance. But it is what it is. Stuff like this happens all the time in college football. You see a lot of these guys transferring because the NCAA give, uh, has given the players a new rule as far as the eligibility to transfer. But honestly, if I had to if I had to guess anywhere that Kelly Bryant would go, I would say he would try to join an SEC team. And I'm taking nothing away from the ACC conference, but you look at that ACC, it's just been a lot of up and downs for a lot of teams. And and you look at the whole Carolina situation with the the players that were suspended before even week 1 due to 13 of their players selling name-brand shoes. Then you look at Boston College. I think Boston College got a little overzealous when they found out they were going into the college rankings. And then they ended up losing to Purdue, 30-13. to So, I mean, really. And, and here's another thing I want to speak of about the college rankings. If, if the college committee is so worried about basing their rankings of these teams and the top 25 off of performances, 
then why is Oklahoma still in the top 10? Oklahoma beat Army in overtime 28 to 21. If I'm a co- if I was on the college football committee and I'm looking at these performances for some of these teams, I'm pushing back Oklahoma. I have to t- I I would have to tell Oklahoma you have to prove yourself in order to get back into the top 5. Even though Oklahoma is ranked 5th, I still don't like that the college football committee keeps a lot of these teams in the top 10. But yet, based on some of their performances, they should be a top 10 team. But that's why I probably don't work for the college football committee. Not saying because I would be an unbiased person. I would be very biased towards some of these teams. But it is what it is. I mean, I don't think the college football is ever going to change that. I mean, they, they did change things up by doing the college football playoffs, which I still think, you know, that, that could still use a little bit of uh, a little bit of clarification because I, I, I mind you guys, I think one of the teams that got robbed in last year's college football playoffs was Penn State. And if Penn State can beat Ohio State this Saturday at home in Happy Valley, number four versus number nine, if Penn State can win, and I'm a Penn State fan, so obviously I'm pulling for Penn State. If Penn State can win, I think that would push Penn State if into the top five, if not even one through four. Clearly, Alabama is not going to lose that number one spot anytime soon because no one can have, no one has an answer for Nick Saban's team. And it makes me wonder, and I don't know about you guys if you've ever thought about this. <laughs> but it makes me wonder what Alabama would be like if Nick Saban was not there anymore. And it makes you wonder how many more years does Nick Saban have left coaching? Because let me remind you, Nick Saban has been around for a long time coaching, whether it be in the college ranks or the NFL ranks. Now, granted, Nick Saban did not have that that much of success in the NFL. His true form of success came in college football here at the University of Alabama. So it really makes you wonder... How many more years does Nick Saban have left? Because Nick Saban is up there in age. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's up there in his upper 60s. So he he's getting up there in age. But granted, you look at Kansas State's head coach. He has to be in his 80s. He's been coaching that program for over 20 plus years. So kudos to them. But it makes you wonder. I mean, really. You sit back and, and just what would the program be like if... Nick Saban was not the head coach. Would they still be as successful? Because obviously, all these high schoolers that are that are trying to play D1 ball and that have the talent to play D1 ball, a lot of them want to pick certain teams. There's just certain teams in the college in college football, you know, that are gonna be at the top notch in the like the top five, top ten as far as recruits go. 
obviously, and if you had to look at the, the, the top five schools for recruits, I would say Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State, Texas, and Oklahoma. Those five teams right there, and that's not the order I'm just basing them in on the, the rankings of the, the schools, but those are just the five teams, in my opinion, that have the that always have the best chances of landing a big name athlete for for recruiting. Those five those five universities right there probably will always have the best recruiting in college football. And especially the state of Texas. Texas is the biggest football state in America. And it's something that has always been talked about. Texas is a big football state. That's why you see a lot of guys, when they go to Texas A&M, when they go to Texas Tech, when they go to Texas, when they go to TCU... A lot of these guys that are playing on the on on the teams are from the state of Texas. You hardly have anybody that is from out of state that is willing to go and pay out of state tuition. Cuz out of state tuition is very expensive. I don't know if any of you guys are ever going to want to attempt to go out of state because obviously one of my dream schools that I wish I could have attended was Penn State. In Texas, but I'm not paying that out of state tuition. That that is never going to, to happen because that would be a whole lot of money, and it would take me so long, so long to pay that to pay that money. But I I that that's just me though. Hopefully, you guys are going to tune in tonight for Thursday night football as the one one and one. Minnesota Vikings take on the undefeated, the 3-0 Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. I think this is going to be a big game for, obviously, Kirk Cousins and that Minnesota team because you're coming off of a impressive Week 1 victory over the 49ers. You're coming off a tie in Week 2 against Green Bay in which you ended up signing Dan Bailey from the ex Dallas Cowboys kicker. And I know uh, there's a lot of people out there that were probably shocked by that news. And I didn't even know that Dan Bailey had gotten released by Dallas. I didn't even know that they cut him. But I beg to question, why did the, the Cowboys do that? I mean, yes, I know he was. Dan Bailey was dealing with just a few small minor injuries the last couple of seasons. But, I mean, you look at Sean Lee. You can get you should get rid of Sean Lee because Sean Lee I don't think has played a full season yet. And he's hurt again. And we're we're only this is only week 4 of the season. But I honestly I do believe that this is a a a big game for for Minnesota because you look at what happened in week 3, Minnesota got shocked. And and I can use that that that's a right term to use. They got shocked. By the Buffalo Bills, because obviously Buffalo is in a rebuilding, rebuilding season, but Josh Allen looked like he was in, and he was in form, just like how he was at Wyoming. But I'm still not sold yet on Josh Allen and the Bills. 
But that right there, and, and that game was in Minnesota. So obviously the Minnesota fans are kind of, you know, they're kind of a little worried about that. And this is a big game. This right here is a big game for, for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Because Dalvin Cook was not playing last week. And that, and honestly, I think that hurt Minnesota. That that did hurt Minnesota. With Dalvin Cook not playing, I think that hurts. Because you, you want to establish a run game. And Minnesota had, I believe it was only four. Six rushing attempts last week in that loss to Buffalo, which was the lowest, I believe, ever in the history of the NFL. It, it, and it's in it. And I will always say this about about I don't care who you are. I don't care if if you're the New England Patriots. I don't care if you're the Eagles. I don't care who you are. Any team in the NFL, if you have to start passing the ball in the third quarter, or if you have to just keep passing the ball in the game, you are not going to win that game. I can guarantee you that. Any team that disobey that dis that just throws out the running game because it's not having any successful uh, successful attempt doing it, you're going to lose. I don't care who you are. I think Minnesota has to win this game tonight. But I'm not picking Minnesota to win. My prediction for this game tonight is and I, and I'm and I'm going to say this is going to be a very close and tight game. It's going to be very close. I'm going to say Los Angeles wins 27 to 24. I think honestly this game for Minnesota is going to be is going to be one that they're going to perform well in. I just don't think that they're going to win. Los Angeles really has been a surprise team the last couple of years. And I do think that Jared Goff is starting to come into his own in the NFL. And Jared Goff, Jared Goff has got some, some help around him with Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks. I, I honestly do think that the Rams are going to be a NFC West favorite for a while for a very for a very long time so i i want to i want to know what do you guys who do you guys think is going to win tonight's game this is a big game because right now if you look at the way the standings are playing out in the NFC North if the Vikings lose tonight they'll be 1 2 and 1 and and really I don't know how you guys feel, but a tie, a tie does hurt you in the end of the season because when you're factoring in the the, the teams that are trying to make a push in the playoffs towards the end of the season, a tie will hurt you. It it has hurt many teams in the past, and I don't think I've ever. Seen a team, I don't think I've ever read about a team making the playoffs with a tie on their record. I don't think I've ever seen a team that has made the playoffs with the tie. This this is this game is gonna be fun to watch tonight. I'm gonna to make sure I tune in tonight. This game should be fun to watch. I can't wait to see how Kirk Cousins responds. To the whooping 
that the Bills put on Minnesota in at home in Minnesota. And you know that place was probably shocked. They were down at half. They they were they were blown out at halftime. Clearly, Minnesota fans were just they were probably just standing with their eyes like wide open, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Last night in baseball, the Brewers and the Cardinals, I'm sorry, the Brewers and the Cubs both clinched a playoff spot. Now, the Brewers clinched with a victory over the Cardinals, and the Cardinals clinched, I'm sorry, not the Cardinals, ladies and gentlemen, the the Cubs. The Cubs and the Brewers clinched last night to clinch a playoff spot. And, And you look at the American League, the American League is all set with the teams. Now the National League has three teams. My Atlanta Braves, the Chicago Cubs, and the Milwaukee Brewers. It's going to be interesting to see what teams make it in the National League. Because obviously the way it looked looked like it was going about a month and a half ago, close to two months. It looked like it was going to be a very... Uh, a very tight race in all the National League, uh, all the National League divisions, and and I can honestly say this for for the first time in a while, this season for baseball has been very it's been very fun to watch with all the the young the young and upcoming stars for certain teams with all the. Just with all the hype around certain teams, it, it's been a fun season. And I'm going to say this again, like I've said it many times in previous podcasts. If the Boston Red Sox do not win the World Series, this was a failed season. The Boston Red Sox are the only team right now in baseball with over 100 wins. If they do not win the World Series, it is going to be a failed season for sure. But I, I, I cannot wait until the national the, the division series starts. It starts next Thursday. I'm honestly, I'm excited to see what happens with my Atlanta Braves, who they play. Because right now I think Atlanta is trying to play for home field advantage. I really do. I think they're trying to play uh, for home field advantage. And it didn't help no, any matters last night when they lost, when they got shut out by the Mets 3 to nothing. But when you got Jacob DeGrom, who has been one of the best pitchers, he has the best ERA in baseball. But I will say this about Jacob DeGrom. As good as a pitcher as he is, he basically has he has hardly had any run support at all this year when he has pitched. But last night was one of the few occasions. So congrats to Jacob DeGrom for having the best ERA in baseball. I hope that wins you an award this year. I really do. Thank you guys for tuning in today to the Let's Talk Sports podcast. As always, I'm your host, Carl Miller, where we talk all things sports.